0: morning. So good to be here. I'm a little nervous, but um, I'm Mandy Peterson, and this is my family's third year at Family Fest. Um, I'm here with my husband, Brett. Um, Brady, who is nine, Betsy, who is five, Tanner, who turned four on Friday, hence the crown he was wearing earlier, and Chase. About a month ago, I received an email from Pete Larson asking me if I would open I would be open to sharing my testimony to this group. I tried to ignore the email. But there's always that crazy, you know, that third day, something always happens. Well, I ran into both Jen and Rich of the Larson family right smack dab in front of me. And so it was as if God put them there. Um, So I stopped ignoring the request and said yes. Now, just a little side note. Music is um, my way of worshiping the Lord deeply and listening to the words of songs that God has given these artists to share with the world and people like me. I have a huge favorite list that has brought me out of pain into the world of hope. As I was sitting at my computer typing this, I was at a pause wondering, hmm, how should I start? I always have music playing on in the background, and as I was listening and thinking, all of a sudden, the music made like this scratching sound. So it was mid-song, and then the scratching sound happened. And this other song started to play. And at that moment, I knew what God was telling me. So right now, I want you to close your eyes, open your hearts, and listen to these words.
1: out of sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come kneel. earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal so lay down your burden. All who are broken, lift up your face. For the hopeless and all those who stray Come sit at the table and taste of the grace There's rest for the weary, the rest that endures Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure The morning, oh sinner be still, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal, earth has no sorrow
0: Ah, as that, that song totally speaks to me, just having to just lay yourself down and be um, vulnerable and just know that, that God is there. Um, as I start my testimony, I want each of you to find your brokenness, give it to God and just come as you are. Maybe you are at a point of wandering or in pain, or maybe just one part of you is broken. Some of, you may, some of you may feel completely whole and full of Christ. For you, I encourage to look for these that are among the hurting and broken and be the hands and feet of Christ. As I look back on life and reflect on how I got to where I am today, it's by nothing more than God's grace that has me standing here. I grew up in a family that only attended Mass together on the days it counted, Christmas and Easter However, I did go to a Catholic elementary school where I was taught about Jesus and his loving Father God. I never grasped onto too much of these teachings. We were never reinforced or talked about at home, which was never reinforced or talked about at home. I do remember, though, always having this small area of my heart, long, long for more and wonder what I was missing. In 1997, I met, my, I met a handsome man my freshman year at the University of St. Thomas, who started bringing me to his family's church on Sunday. I would agree to go because that meant more time to spend with Brett. During those years of Sunday church and lunch with his family, I slowly started learning more about God and what having a faith was. But still, the most most important thing to me was just being able to spend this time with Brett. It worked because we were married in 2003. As we started to form our family, there were some days I would think I believed in God, but other days I dismissed him and lived my life as I knew how to live, and that was me being in control, me taking charge and making decisions that I thought were right for my family and I. However, I always kept one foot in the door. After our oldest son, Brady, was born in 2007, we attended church weekly for for the most part at CPC and I joined a women's outreach program called Mom's Morning in 2008. That led me to serving on the leadership team and joining a small group. As I continued to keep that one foot in the door, trying to be a Christian woman and looking on the outside that I was a follower, the other foot, however, was not sure it wanted to step in and kept that self-control over my life and did what I thought was right. God continued to tug at my heart and put wonder. Our second son, Chase, was born December 2008. I went through postpartum after Chase was born and a scare of melanoma while in the midst of my postpartum. Still, my one foot just couldn't move forward. Looking back during those times, God was raising people up in my path to knock at my hard heart. It all began Friday, March 11th, 2011, date night for Brett and I. Pregnant with our third child, we went minivan shopping then to dinner. As I sat across the table, as I sat across the table from Brett, we talked about life and how we wanted to support a friend of ours that runs the crew in Brooklyn, New York, saving kids from the streets. We talked about what Moses was doing for these kids and how God was using him. And I looked at Brett and I said, I don't have a faith journey. I, still, I sit through these faith journeys of various women at Mom's Morning and listen to how God has moved in their lives, whether it was in big ways or small ways. I don't have a story. Little did I know God was preparing me for rebirth and a faith journey that I did not want to take. Saturday, March 12th, 2011. At this time, Chase was 26 months old and Brady was almost four. That day was a very exciting day for my boys as it was my niece's birthday party. Um, The party was at my condos complex where we would play and go swimming. When all of the party goers arrived, We decided to swim. That day, neither Brady or Chase were really up for swimming. It was weird. Usually, they wanted to spend hours in the pool um, with their cousins, but not today. After swimming, we all had lunch. Then it was cake time. Chase sat on my lap, and we shared a huge piece of chocolate cake together. Chase also was running around and carrying an exuberant, exuberant amount of joy that day, getting extra hugs and kisses and snuggles from me. Um... I just want to give you a brief description of this party room and pool area that we were at. The pool was next to the party room, and the pool had five entries to it. Two through the bathrooms, one on the north side, one on the south side, and one that led outdoors. In order to get into any of these heavy doors, you needed a key. A key that only residents had. This this then leads to anyone's worst nightmare. I hear my sister's brother-in-law that was up in the balcony He happened to look over these floor to ceiling windows that looked over the pool and yelled, Someone's in the hot tub. Call 911. I flew off the couch and ran to the pool that was locked, screaming. I heard from the hallway people yelling and screaming and the name Chase. I ran to the back hallway and paced back and forth frantically, panicking, hyperventilating. All that I can remember coming out of my mouth was, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Please save Chase. Come, Lord Jesus, come over and over. I vividly remember paramedics coming by to get in and from there I remember next getting into the back of a cop car with Brett who was soaking wet from pulling Chase out of the hot tub and following the ambulance to Fairview Southdale. At the a- ER they put us in a private room. I couldn't be there. I needed to be by Chase. So they moved us right outside the ER room that Chase was in. I walked by as my sweet boy, my sweet red-headed boy lay lifeless as the doctors tried everything to revive him. The next thing I remember was a priest giving me a paper bag and laying a blanket on the ground so that I could get on my hands and knees to breathe into the paper bag to help with my hyperventilating. He was praying over us and with us. I still was begging, come Lord Jesus, come, save my boy. Was all of this really happening? Before I knew it, they were escorting us out of the ER back into the cop car to follow the ambulance that Chase was in to Amplatts Children's Hospital to further resuscitation. In the backseat of the racing cop car, I was holding on for dear life with one arm um, holding on to the side and the other arm holding on to my belly, Um, and I just continued to beg over and over, come Lord, Um, come Lord. I remember the officer driving the car, which whom I'm I'm actually, um, I still want to meet, I haven't met him yet, said something like, Believe in those words you are saying, Mandy. He is listening. It was on Highway 62 in the back of a cop car, right by Peter's Billiards, where God came. God came at that moment and filled me. I instantly just felt this amazing peace fall over my whole body. At that moment, I knew that everything was going to be okay. I didn't know what that looked like, if Chase was going to live, but I didn't need to know at that time my heart unexpectedly and fully opened to our savior. From that moment on, I felt peace, hope, and grace. As we got to Amplatz, they rushed Chase in and escorted us to a room where we all gathered. We waited here. Over the course of the next few hours, they worked on Chase. Brett was taken and was questioned, and I was monitored closely so that I didn't go into labor because I felt a lot of contractions. They then moved me to another room where they monitored my contractions, which seemed like hours, I felt as I laid in that little room, looking back, that it was a break in the chaos that the Lord granted me. I laid quietly, calmly, and hopeful, holding on to my sister's hand. After I calmed and the contractions faded, they brought me back upstairs right outside the room that Chase was in. Nurses and doctors were in and out. Brett and I sat there as we watched the whole hallway that night fill up. Now this kind of correlates back to the the talk that they gave last night. Family. Mike, the pastor at CPC. Rob Mendel, a friend of Brett's that I barely knew. He was sitting at our feet, gripping his Bible and reading passage after passage to us. Tons of friends. Brett's entire hockey Bible study. Gals from my small group. God poured everyone in that hallway that we needed at that time, hugging us, loving us, praying with us, and just being with us. As more people came, we would take them into Chase's room so they could lay their hands on him and pray over him. As hours passed and testing went on, the doctor came to Brett and I had Brett and, I, and told us what was going on. Chase was still on life support but wasn't with us. Through the peace and strength that God sent us and filled us with, we decided as his parents to take him off life support in the early morning of March 13, 2011. But before we did, we held him, we rocked him, we sang to him, and loved on his lifeless body, saying goodbye and giving him over to our Creator. What was happening? Why did we have to do this? But God just kept on providing us, second by second, with an overabundant amount of peace and hope that we would take each step. And He whispered, I will provide. That He did. From that moment on, he carried us. Our amazing friend Steve loaded Brett and I up at 3 a.m. Sunday, March 13th, to take us home and be with us. He stayed at our house the next two weeks to care for us. That morning, after tossing and turning, Brady was brought home, and we had to tell him about Chase. God again showed up and gave us the wisdom and words to explain to our almost four-year-old where his best friend and brother was. The rest of that day through the next week, people filled our little Linden Hills home. So many came and just sat. So many came with abundant amounts of food, supplies, flowers, plants, gifts, and I remember one day coming down from my bedroom. The smell of food was amazing. My house was rearranged, not in a bad way, but to accompany all the people that were filtering through. People were cooking, cleaning, socializing, laughing, crying, praying, and just being. I again remember feeling so much peace Grace, love, support, and hope that I was not alone and that God kept His promise to carry us, and that was what He was doing with all these people and with everything that was showing up at my door. Over that week, Brett and I spent a lot of time in our bedroom with Mike and Sarah from CPC planning Chase's funeral. I mean, who thinks about planning a funeral, let alone their child's? I had no idea where to even begin, but God again entered with a clear direction and plan, and gracefully, the four of us planned Chase's funeral, as people downstairs gathered and planned without direction, but with God's direction. Everything we could have possibly wanted to have at the funeral showed up. As I reflect on how God has blessed us through this nightmare, I am in awe of his grace. It is so unexplainable, but I just know in my heart it is this feeling that feels right. Daily I have to wake up and say, I will trust you, Lord, this day to open my eyes to see any or some joy that is around. That trusting is handing over my life daily to God to use it for good. There are many days that I do not want to hand it over. I want to be in control. Most of the time I hear that whisper from God, it's okay, Mandy, I will never let you go. Keep your eyes on me and continue to trust me no matter what comes up. Do you know how hard this is? I have to say I'm a walking testimony that God can really take the lost and help them find their way. This life on earth was not Chase's end, nor is it our end, and I had to open my heart so vulnerably to to God to trust him and allow him to guide me through each waking hour of every day. I can't question why or try to be analytical about evil or good, but I just know in my heart that I want to be committed to following Christ through the good and the bad, and that he will carry me when I can't seem to go forward, and he will hold my hand as I walk. God continued to show up daily, helping us through our suffering. He placed so many people in our lives we didn't know, people we barely knew, and people from all over the world. Just listen to some of these ways that God showed up. Here's the rope. Um, On the day of Chase's funeral, people in India, Japan, Europe, and all over the country, or in and many countries and all over the United States had red balloons outside of their homes, honoring and grieving our sweet boy. Prayers as well came in from everywhere. Home-cooked meals showed up at our, our door daily for over two years. Two years. Two years. Um, I forgot how to cook. <laughs> um... There's this gal named Abby. Gosh, we barely knew her. Um, I call her our angel. She showed up from day one after we turned from the hospital and poured her graces over us with cleaning for months. Refrigerator and cabinets stocked multiple times. Cards, gifts, phone calls, texts. Let me just say, this past week, it's almost been six years, I'm still getting texts from her. Um, She just, she's, she... I feel like God has given her um, just this place that, or just this, not job, but she just pours her love over me and through me with um, just her words and Bible verses. I mean, you name it, she brought it. She went out of her way daily to bring God's love to us. And just a side note this Abby, during that time, she was pregnant with her fourth child, her oldest was four. And she lived in Chanhassen. We lived in Linden Hills. I, I don't know about you, but um, that's a lot on your plate. And then she was at our house all the time, just would p- find places for her kids, and she was, she was there. That is God's angel. Um, a friend of mine from high school that I hadn't talked to for almost 14 years sent me a card weekly for a year with words of hope and God's promise. Barb, our old neighbor, sweet Barb, yes, it has almost been six years since Chase's death, and she continues to bring us a meal every 12th of the month to honor Chase. That meal, when taken in, is God's love that shines through Barb's sacrifice of preparing and serving us a home-cooked meal and reminding us that Chase is not only with us daily, he is with so many others changing their lives, bringing them out of the darkness into God's life. Mary, my small group leader at the time, showed up to the hospital to mourn with us and pray over us, pray over Chase and hold his hand while he waited on life support to be with our Heavenly Father. Mary was and is so diligent about my feelings and supporting me with prayer, support, comfort and making sure that I was not lost along the way. She always gathered people to pray over me and made sure that Chase's birthday and his home going that first year were fully celebrated. Mary is God's endless love that has not let Chase be forgotten, and gives us hope that this was not Chase's end. My small group, whom a handful of those women are here, um, and just a just a handful of our life support is all here with us, um, and we can we pray that we can continue to do this together as as we watch our children grow. Um, Um, But they have been a living testimony that everyone should be in some type of small group or accountability group. These women have daily risen to a task that they necessarily didn't sign up for when saying yes to a small group. Little did these women know that God was going to use them to carry me daily. They made sure that not a day went by that one of them checked on me and carried me through the thick waters of grief and mourning. These women are a true example of trusting God. He handpicks people and puts them in certain situations together to bear pain and carry each other's burdens. That is God's love and hope, that he is in control. Little side note, some of them took me into the bathroom in there, and this little one stall, and they just prayed over me before this. Um, Kind of a funny story if you were there. (laughs) A couple more. My childhood friend Kelly, who... We always looked at funny when she told us after high school she was going into mortuary science. She wanted to be a funeral director. Weird, I thought. That's so weird, Kelly. But looking back, not so weird. One of my best friends, whom I have known since birth, was about to take on the role and care for my sweet boy in the last process of his time on earth. She made sure everything was in place, that Chase's body was watched over 24 hours a day while at the funeral home, helped find the perfect spot to lay him to rest in the cemetery, and did all the stuff that morticians do to prepare his body for his viewing and funeral. She cared so deeply for Chase in those last moments as if he were her son. She made everything perfect for us. God again provided in our pain a piece of grace in Kelly. My sister and her family, I will keep this short by saying that she was upro- She uprooted her life and her family's life and moved them from Stillwater to Edina, so that she could be close enough to take care of me daily. God's share was a hand in all that as her husband landed a new job close to their new home. Her girls easily transitioned, and she now is three blocks from my parents, daily helping them as well as me. Tara instantly listened to God's plan for her and her family, and through that has blessed us with even more hope. God also provided many signs from Chase, for instance, the heart shape. Um, the heart shape has shown up in so many places, odd places and odd times, whether we needed our spirits lifted or not. God sent these signs to remind us that he is always here and Chase is always near. I could go on for another hour or two telling you so many stories. I I mean, I stand here in awe of the people that have just put out their hand, whether they knew me or not, or knew our family, um... And just put out their hand and have just carried us and, and has led us through these waters um, as, as the song that Rich played earlier, Oceans. Um, almost done. Well, I wish I could end it here, but life has continued to take control over our family. After months of tests, July 9th, 2014 brought more hard news. We found out my mom was diagnosed with corticobasal degeneration, which is a progressive neurological disorder. As if we haven't endured enough pain and grief, my anger again resurfaced. Really, Lord? Not only did I watch my son suffer, but now I have to watch my mom? Again, I have to choose to trust that God will walk with us, carrying us through more grief as we sit by and watch my mom battle this disease. As Peter Scissero says in chapter 7 of his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, good grieving is not just letting go, but also letting it bless us. Wow, did he nail it right on. As I look back and reflect on my grief process, I opened the door of my heart to God on March 12, 2011, in the backseat of a cop car. This is where I openly and honestly invited God to carry me rather than grow angry with him, turn away, and not believe. By opening the doors of my hard heart to God, he so graciously changed my life for good. That day I lost my sweet boy Chase here on earth and gained an eternal life. Through this, I have learned that March 13th was not Chase's end, but a beginning to a new look on life. A heart open to the Lord and a realization that I would spend eternity with my sweet boy and that these days on earth are just preparation to what God has in store for me in heaven. Don't get me wrong, I'm not fond of this path and what it takes to get me to where I am, and it will continue to take to get me to the end of life here on earth to be with Chase in heaven. It's a choice daily, hourly, even by the second, to keep my eyes on Christ. It is by far the hardest thing I will have to do in my life. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 is the verse we picked out of the children's Bible that we read to Brady and Chase every night and read it at Chase's funeral. He enjoyed this verse and the illustrations on this page. Little did I know that this verse would carry me and bless me daily with God's promise. I want to end with a quote by Jerry Sitzer that my friend John um, sent me a couple years ago. Catastrophic loss, by definition, precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There is no going back to the past. It is not therefore true that we become less through loss unless we allow the loss to make us less. Grinding our soul down until there is nothing left, loss can also make us more. I did not get over the loss of my loved ones. Rather, I absorbed the loss into my life until it became part of who I am. Sorrow took up permanent residence in my soul and enlarged it. One learns the pain of others by suffering one's own pain, by turning inside oneself, by finding one's own soul. However painful, sorrow is good for the soul. The soul is elastic like a balloon. It can grow larger through suffering. So thank you for inviting me up here today to share my story, and I just want to encourage each of you, whether you have had loss, marriage difficulties, stuff with kids, work or family difficulty, or areas of your own personal life that haunt you from the past or present. To sit with God and write out how he is bringing you out of the darkness and into the light. To acknowledge where your hurt or pain is coming from and give it to God. Be vulnerable and trust in the Lord that he does have a plan for each of us no matter where we are on our journey. He will provide hope and grace amidst the pain we are enduring on earth. Um, Lastly, I just want to share with with you photos of our sweet boy Chase his short life on earth and story has taken many people out of the darkness um and has brought them from atheism um to Christ and just has opened many people's eyes um just and they're now handing their lives over to our heavenly father So these pictures are sent to a Christmas song. I know, it was already Christmas, but this song, um, a friend of mine wrote, um, he did it with his students, and he also sang this song at Chase's funeral, Um, but as you listen and watch these pictures, it's just, it's a reminder that God sent his one and only son to save all of us here on earth.